Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's up, Rush Nation? It's your boy Stocks, and I'm not joined by Murph this week. The studio is uh, slightly colder for his body heat not being here, but Murph, we miss you, mate. Had some family stuff he had to attend to, so yeah, I know what you're going through, and uh, hope it goes all right, mate, but... I've drafted in possibly one of the happiest NFL fans. Well, maybe not, actually. I don't know. But his team did all right this weekend and got the dub. So, Lee, thanks for jumping on, mate. How are you, how are you doing? How are you feeling about the Dolphins win the weekend? No problem. You're right. I am a happy man because I just want to see my team win. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I get all the negative connotations of possibly of getting the win. But at the same time, I just rather see my team win on Sunday. It makes my week better. Yeah, it was a good win as well. I mean... It was. They dug pretty deep into the playbook to pull out one of the greatest trick plays I think I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they did, definitely. That was uh, me, me and my brother sit and watch the games together on a Sunday and we both sort of leant forwards in our chair like, uh-oh, what are they, do they know what they're doing here? It's all right, everything panned out okay. What what sort of formation would you even call that? Like, wh- wh- Where do we start with that? We've seen some pretty weird formations in the past, but that is... It almost Point. looked like they were doing an onside kick with somebody snapping the ball. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so bizarre. I mean, watching it in real time, the first thing we notice is obviously that, that they're split into two halves of the field. They've got four guys, uh, sorry, five guys on each side of the field. No, no they've got five. Four and five. Side. Four and out, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, like my brother pointed out, hang on, Christian Wilkins is out there. Why is Christian Wilkins on the field? Like, I don't know. What is happening? And then just pure elation because it's great when you see it work. <laughs> Do you think, because when you watch it in slow-mo, it, is Christian Wilkins supposed to run? Do you think he's supposed to run into the end zone? Because well, watching it, the only guy who gets loose is the guy, obviously, who scores the touchdown. But he even almost sort of stumbles through the defenders to get, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he first sets up as if he's going to catch a pass. And I think he'd love to catch a pass. If anyone's seen, gets a chance to see... Um, some of his pass receptions at Clemson, he's impressive for a big man, especially a defensive big man. So um, I think he, he just has fun with it. But, I mean, it, it seemed to go exactly as they drew it up. I think when the Eagles look back at it, someone's going to say, 
maybe three of us shouldn't go to the ball carrier and someone might want to stick with the one guy running loose in the end zone. But, I mean, I think when it catches you on the hop like that, it's, it's hard to defend. You know, it's not on tape. There's just, you've got to come up with something on the fly. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> that, I mean, what, it was a weird weekend results-wise anyway. I, I mean, what were the Bengals doing? What were the Jets doing? I, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's... Don't get me on it on the Adam Gase train already. That's, that's he's, back, a tip. he's back next season, Lee. So carry on. Say what you're going to say. I got to be honest. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> that, that, made, that 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 warms me. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if you look back at his tenure with the Dolphins, this is a, a, a typical thing that they blow out a team and then follow it up. Or sorry, not even blow out a team, but they'll put in a big performance and follow it up by playing like a team that doesn't look like they belong in the field. I mean. They they went from the Miami Miracle last year to getting absolutely spanked in Minnesota. And I mean, they didn't... You couldn't believe that was the same team that even minus the Miami Miracle went score for score with the Patriots throughout the game. Yet the following week, I say, they just they, they didn't look like a Division Two college team. And I think it's a trait of Adam Gase's. Yeah, I mean, the Jets aren't... These last couple of weeks, they've been all right. Sam Donald's looked good. And then this week, they just absolutely shellacked the bed in a... I mean, Andy Dalton coming back, obviously, peps the, the Bengals up a little bit, I think, because he is yep. the Bengals quarterback. But, you know, AJ Green's not there. Their offensive line is still terrible. Joe Mixon, I don't know how he scored a t- uh, touchdown again, but that was all him once more. He had no help from the offensive line. Good cut and got through. Andy Dalton was slinging the ball again, but... Yeah, there's, what, no, there's no real excuse. <laughs> we can, no, there isn't. No. <laughs> not, I don't even think the Bengals really want to win. <laughs> like no. now, they're, now they're sitting with the number one overall pick, or potentially. Yeah, and now what happens? I mean, a couple of wins here and there for each team, and I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's mental. Crazy weekend. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely destroyed my seven-team acker. I had an absolute banker on the cards, and yeah, I mean, Panthers losing, Jets losing. Dolphins winning, oh yeah, ruined me. Absolutely ruined me. <laughs> yeah, how's your uh, how's your fantasy season going, Lee? Um, Seeing as interesting, just... interesting. Okay, interesting would be the best way to put it. I think I start. I'm in three leagues, so not nearly as many as you guys. Just dipping a toe in here, That's and I started. I think it, I didn't win a game in the first four weeks in any league. <laughs> so wow, combined zero and twelve. I like that. Yeah, it was pretty atrocious and I think two of the other leagues I didn't win till maybe week six they were awful but in the OG league I'm now six and seven I took a loss at the weekend but got back to 500 I was just happy with that you know like just just having fun with it get to 500 Um, get a winning record that's all you can ask for that's it I mean get anywhere close to a 500 record after starting over four I was pretty pleased and they're, they're five and eight in my two other leagues so that's no shame, no shame. I mean, my first season, I went, I uh, went two and fourteen, I think. So, wasn't, but I did draft James Winston number one overall in his first year. <laughs> I think, so. Okay, I've learned a bit on my uh, on my journey, shall we say? But, yeah, I think the last couple of weeks, Matt Stafford not playing has really hurt. I got him in a couple of leagues, and he was putting up decent numbers. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a pretty good, pretty good value if you drafted him late, and or even picked him up off off the waivers. You know, late oh, early I, in the season. I picked him up t- in two of those leagues, I believe. Yeah, he's definitely so, uh, he's definitely in contention for one of the uh, rushies waiver wire grabs, I think, because <laughs> the waiver wire's just not been as good this year. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Right, mate, should we do some news? Let's do some news. So we've got some notes in front of us, but I'm going to throw a curveball right at you first off, Lee, and uh, sink you to an 0-1 count if this was baseball. And we're going to talk about Jerry Jones talking about Jason Garrett, and he said, Jason Garrett will coach in the NFL next year. Have you seen this article? I haven't seen the article, but I've got a great feeling about this. So continue. <laughs> right. Okay. So basically he got interviewed on 105.3, the fan about Garrett and uh, how he's doing with the Cowboys sitting at six and six. And basically he said, nobody has the exclusive skills to get the job done so that collectively you can win a Super Bowl. But there are qualified people. Jason Garrett is one of them, in my opinion. Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next year. Now to me, that smacks of... Jerry Jones saying Jason Garrett is not going to be a cowboy next year. <laughs> That's right. He's going to be coaching the NFL. Yeah. That's a pretty broad term. 
as a coordinator or position coach or head well, coach? Well, he, he did say that he's got what it takes to be a leader. So I'm presuming he means head coach. But yeah, yeah. I think that, that's pretty scathing, isn't it, if you ask me? Without actually saying he's not going to be a cowboy. To me, that's if somebody said that to me in my line of work and said, yeah, this guy can't be a sports turf technician or whatever. I'd be concerned me, for your job, man. Yeah, exactly. That would make me concerned that it wasn't going to be at where I was currently working. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. I found it interesting that the um, last week before Thanksgiving that the Giants had come out and said they would have interest in Jason Garrett would, should he become available. Does this not just sound like like the greatest inside job ever? So we don't want him. We don't think he's any good, but we'll let him go to a division rival because, hey, we'll play them twice a year. Why yeah, not? Yeah. It's, I suppose it's a little bit like the Dolphins getting rid of Adam Gase, isn't it? Like, here, New York Jets, have him. We'll play you twice a year. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah I mean... I, to be honest, I think he's trying to play both sides of the fence, really, like in, in the media. I mean, if he keeps him, he can say that he said he was going to keep him, even though we know that's not really what he meant. Yeah. I mean, it's always a case of, well, who is better? And you've got to be confident that the guy you bring in is better than the guy you've got. And I think he's just covering all bases. But I think we all know deep down, he's scrolling through um, some resumes, trying to, trying to find the next Cowboys head coach. Yeah. I, I just, the New York, I just think, going to the Giants. Is that a great move? You've got one of the best rosters in the NFL with the, the Dallas Cowboys. And if you can't coach them to winning, then you're going to be able to do it. Good luck with the Giants. Giants. Yeah, exactly. I, and it snows yeah. there as well. I mean, Dallas, lovely, warm all the time, play indoors. Nah, I'm all right. I think I know where I'd rather be. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I've not been a fan of Jason Garrett for, for a long time. I think he, he, I know Tony Romo spoke um, on Thanksgiving about the way he leads off the field. And that's great. But on the field, you don't see any fire from the guys. And I know you, people say that being level-headed is great, but I'd, I'd rather see some emotion just, just a bit more, you know, especially when they're playing bad. I want to see the fire. I, I want to see him get under his team and really fire them up. And it just doesn't happen. I mean, uh, I got to I watched them earlier in the season when they played the Dolphins, for instance. And I mean, AT&T Stadium was quiet. They were in shock because they did in the first half. The Dolphins should have been leading, and I think everyone in the stadium knew it. And this is a this was at a point where the Dolphins had been blown out by forty points in three straight games. Like there, there's, you know, they shouldn't have been in the same league as the Cowboys. And the Cowboys did everything they could to make the Dolphins look good for a half. Okay, they they, they ran a, ran away with a win in the second half, but you're not going to get away with that against more talented rosters. And that's what bear itself out through the season the only thing I'd say is in Jason Garrett's not in his defense but something that could work out really well for him is that division's horrible so they've only got to beat the Eagles to basically get themselves a playoff spot yeah well he only needs needs to have two good games in the playoffs and all of a sudden you think oh well maybe there is hope and you get back onto this cycle again next year but you know yeah. I think I think you're right and I think the thing with the Dallas like I said earlier the Dallas Cowboys roster is it's so stacked pretty much all over the field that if they do get clicking and like you say they do have a good couple of games we could see them go you know they could in theory make it all the way to the Super Bowl so it only yeah, takes because games that's it like you say it's only a short number of games and they've got the talent to do it they've got the talent but I think as well the uh, just a side thought from Jerry Jones's point of view is you've got to make decisions on whether you're going to pay Amari Cooper and whether you're going to pay Dak Prescott. And it's hard to do under this coaching staff because do you believe, we believe, we've just said we think the team is talented enough. But Jerry Jones has to, has to actually put his money on that. Mm-hmm. He has to make a decision, right, are the players not talented enough to get it done and Jason Garrett is a good coach? Or is Jason Garrett not getting the most out of this team? And I should pay these and get rid of Jason Garrett. I think that's, if I was Jerry Jones thinking, I think from what I've seen on the field, that is the way I'd go. I think the talent wise, I think coaching, you can have good players, but I think coaching, we see it with Pittsburgh this year. They want now fourth string quarterback. They've got no Brown, no Bell, Connors out. They've got people missing all over the field. And yet they're, they're still there. And, they're getting it done. Yeah, exactly. They've, but they've got the fight. And if the Cowboys could get some of that fight, and I think the fight comes from the manager, the coach, the head coach, the offer, I think the fight comes from within the managerial core. And if you could get somebody who could make these guys fire, then, you mean you think what Jason Garrett has done for Amari Cooper coming from 
Oakland, if somebody else can then stack more on top of Amari Cooper to make him better than Amari Cooper, going to the Cowboys was an absolutely sublime move for him. And his talent has absolutely shone through since he's gone there. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. But I just think you're right. I think there needs to be a spark from the coach and they're not getting that from Garrett. So if if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be paying up the players that are good and then getting somebody in. You know, you only have to get somebody with a bit of a bit of gusto, a young chap who really wants it. Yeah. I mean, you look at Kyle Shanahan's roster. He's not got the greatest roster in the NFL. Defense, all right, they're gnarly. But offense, they don't really have anyone apart from George Kittle. Jimmy Garoppolo, all right, he's been or he's been okay, but he throws a lot of picks. There's still plenty of holes in that roster, exactly. but they're, they're playing like a team. They they they, they cover that they cover up the holes in that roster really well. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be a homer here, but look at the job Brian Flores has done and got three wins out of that team. He is doing a far superior job than Jason Garrett is doing with the Dallas Cowboys. One hundred percent. And I think I'm with you. I mean, I would, I would make the change. I would make it in season. I think the only reason they don't make it in season is because they're going to go to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, unless they really, you know, poop themselves against the Eagles and make a real mess of this, they they go to the playoffs. You don't want to do that with a new head coach. So you've got to stick with a guy, you you know, you've hitched your wagon to him and you've got to see out the season. So I get the thinking, but I mean, if they lose to the Eagles, he'd be done in the morning for me. Oh, he should be because the Eagles are an absolute hot mess right now. Yeah, they're not good. And Carson Wentz is not playing good football either. No, he's not. He's absolutely not. And going into the season, people were really high on the Eagles. Sure, they've had some injuries and stuff, but they do not look like a team compared to, like you say, what Flores has done in Miami. It's a real, it's a, I think it's a really interesting subject on, because of the salary cap, how the salary cap does a really good job of handicapping teams to almost have the same talent. But where that gap in skill and talent comes is in coaching. And you, you look at the New England Patriots, for instance, Bill Belichick, greatest of all time, greatest to ever coach, in my opinion. That's probably recency bias because I, I don't know the history of the NFL. There's obviously been Lombardi and people like that. And I've probably missed a couple of massive names and people are going to complain. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to mention Don Shula, you know, being a Dolphins fan. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I think that void, if you can fill the void of coach becoming an elite coach from an average coach. And I think if you can get good coaches at each position, you don't need elite coaches at each position. You need good coaches that want the best out of their team. But I, that's probably harsh on coaches because they all want the best out of their teams. But you need a coach to be able to show that I want the best out of my team and this is the fight we're going to have. And I think if Dallas can get a head coach of that stature, because, you know, Kellen Moore, what, Kellen Moore, just promote him to head coach. Yeah, I, I, I believe we may see him prowling the sidelines as the head coach if they lose to the Eagles. I think, I think it's just that fact that they're going to go to the, the – the likelihood is they go to the playoffs. Is that keeping him safe right now? Yeah, I, uh, that's a great move for me. Kellen Moore, head coach, young buck, obviously offensively minded. Great move. I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing an older guy in there. I, I tell you what, and this won't be particularly popular. I wouldn't mind seeing a Rex Ryan in there. A guy that people follow. Okay, he tends to, you know, history has shown us that he might only be good for two or three years before that message starts to wane somewhat. But the window is, is, is now, in the next two years, why they've got Dak and Zeke at their peak, why Amari Cooper's at his peak. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the time to do it. I, I think, and I'm, we're going to get onto this in a bit, I would imagine, about Freddie Kitchens. I would have had an experienced head coach in Cleveland. I think that's caused a lot of their problems. Absolutely. Uh, well, we'll talk about the Cleveland opponents. And this is just one of my favourite headlines. I don't know if you've seen this, Lee. Um, that Devlin, Devlin Hodges and wide receiver James Washington have a new technique for improving their connection. And that's going duck hunting. <laughs> Why not? I mean, they, <laughs> they call him duck, don't they? Because he's won a world championship in duck calling, which I'm not sure, you know, no offence to that sport if it's a sport. But should there be a world championship duck caller? I mean, if there is, we might want to start another podcast. I, I, I'm not very good at duck. <laughs> I, duck is not in my locker. I got quite a few noises. Duck's not one of them. Duck's not one of them. Yeah, no, I just I enjoyed that headline. Right, we talked about the uh, Steelers and the fact they beat the 
Well, the Browns were not good Sunday. The Steelers did enough to get that job done. But Freddie Kitchens has come out and he said he's not concerned about his job security. So after 15 minutes of questions, a reporter asked Freddie Kitchens if he was concerned about his job. And he said, no, I'm not. And that's the quote. No, I'm not. And he replied bluntly. So the Browns would have had the win out to have a decent shot at the final wild card in the AFC with Pittsburgh sitting at seven and five, three teams above Cleveland at six and six or better. Tennessee is seven and five. Tennessee are always, always there. They're, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, again, Ryan Tannehill playing some good football there. Yeah. He's been unreal since starting for Tennessee. Yeah. It just goes to show. And again, this is probably something we're going to touch on later with um, Jacksonville and their, their callback situation. When when a player sustains this in an injury like an ACL, you can wipe out a year. That following year is always going to be subpar, and that's what Ryan Tannehill did. And now you're seeing the good Ryan Tannehill behind a good offensive line, and he can make plays. He, I'm not going to say that he's a top ten quarterback. I know he's he's playing that way right now, but he will get the job done. He will take you to the playoffs. And do you know what I like about Ryan Tannehill as well? He's quite good fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he throws a pretty deep ball as well when he wants to, you know. The only thing is, and I've noticed it this year, watching Ryan Fitzpatrick play with the, the, the sort of similar Dolphins team to what Ryan Tannehill played with is, Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw that 50-50 ball. He, he, likes to, he likes to know he's going to get it. He'll throw it deep and he'll overthrow it and give just his man the chance, but he's, he's going to play it safe when it comes to throwing the 50-50 ball in regards to it being caught or intercepted. Where Fitzpatrick's going to throw that ball in between. I think that's probably what separates Ryan Tannehill from like the true upper echelon quarterbacks. Mm, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I'm not going to stand here and say that the 50-50 ball is a bad thing, uh, a good thing, and the echelon, the the upper echelon quarterbacks generally have an upper echelon wide receiver to to be able to jump up and get that. I mean, we saw it with Drew Locke Sunday, started for the first time for the Broncos, and marched up the field and threw a fade to Cortland Sutton and Cortland Sutton made a fantastic one-handed grab. But then you have a look at Cortland Sutton. He's got the college pedigree. He's an absolute monster of a human being. And yeah, he made two good catches real early on in the first half of the, the Broncos and they didn't really have to do much else going into the game. But that doesn't necessarily mean Drew Locke is upper echelon because he's, I think... No, true. But it does. the boy does have a good touch of football. He had that at Mizu and... I think he's going to... I think it's too early. The trouble is, I think it's half a season too early for Drew Locke to come in and start for the Broncos. And he played okay Sunday. His second half was appalling and he had an interception. No, appalling's tough. He didn't really get anything (laughs) else done because the Denver defense was lights out Sunday and and got the job done for him. And then they managed to turn the ball over and win by a field goal. But that sort of thing, you know, if you can have somebody like a Cortland Sutton, and I do believe Cortland Sutton for fantasy is going to be top 10 next year. If they can, if they can get the quarterback situation sorted and can find somebody else, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was the perfect secondary to Cortland Sutton. And I understand why the Broncos traded him, but they need somebody like that opposite him because Deshaun Hamilton, yes, he could do well this offseason. He isn't the guy. Tim Patrick, bit injury prone he isn't the guy they need somebody opposite Cortland Sutton if Noah Fant can find himself from college because at the moment he looks a little lost out there then possibly you could you could utilize him as well but yeah. I'm banging on about the uh, Denver Broncos here but Cortland Sutton looked legit on Sunday and I think somebody who's suffering from not having an elite wide receiver is the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback this is a job saving move isn't it so the Jaguars Gardner Minshew is back in to start against the Chargers. Decision comes after the Jags bench Nick Foles at halftime. They were getting absolutely trounced. Nick Foles looked terrible. He's been leading a vanilla offense. Gardner Minshew came back and all of a sudden Minshew mania was back on. People were excited. And I think this goes back to wanting it more than somebody else. Like we mentioned earlier, Lee. Gardner Minshew just looks like he's out there. He's having fun and he wants to play good football. Yeah. He has the the support of the team, doesn't he? They they yeah. do follow him. I mean, they're gonna, you know, go to war with that guy, which is great. I think they the, the Jaguars have just got a bunch of problems, and I don't think the quarterback <laughs> is the is the only one. You know, they they're giving up twenty four point three points a game. That that's not helping. <laughs> you know, you're not get, giving the offense enough chances if you can't can't stop other teams from scoring. I think this is another case of we might see a head coaching change in the season. No, absolutely, one hundred percent. I've been talking to Dre, one of our staff writers, and he was saying, you know, we were uh, 
sort of spitballing ideas for articles and stuff going into the off season. And I was saying, well, maybe we should do a deep dive on, on every team and what position they need for fantasy. Like what, what would they benefit from for fantasy reasons going forward in the off season? And then he said for each position, so like wide receiver or tight end and who could they possibly get and stuff like that. And then he just replied with, he's a Jags fan. And he said, Jags need a whole new team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, I feel for him because he, once you, you pay the money for a Nick Foles, you're tied to him pretty much. It's hard to get out of that contract. It's hard to get someone else to take that money on. So he's taken up a lot of the cap. He, he, like it, it limits what you can do in free agency and stuff like that. Holes you can fill. I just think you you need to, again. We just called this show the episode about coaching. Like I, I just think they need to be better coached. They need to get more out of what they have. But I think it, starting Gardner Minshew is, is great, and like you say, it's a, it's a job saving type of move. But if he plays well, it only create it creates as much of a headache as it does solve a problem because Nick Foles counts twenty two million against the cap next year and thirty three million in dead cap space if they would try and move him, try and cut him. So that's a non star. The only thing is if they can look to try and get get someone to trade with them, but who wants to trade for the guy that you benched and won't start? Mm-hmm. That you know you diminish his value every week that he now doesn't play I know he's not going to help you need to get him through the funk because we've seen that Nick Foles can play it's not that we we don't think he can play but do you think that's situational as well like obviously Nick Foles can play football and won a Super Bowl but can Nick Foles play football in Jacksonville behind an ugly football team as opposed to a Super Bowl caliber Eagles team do you know what I mean is this yeah definitely I mean we, we saw it when when he left the Eagles the first time he wasn't successful then, and we're back in the same boat again now. Yeah, but, I think the Jags possibly signed him as some sort of savior money, and I think yeah. well, if, if and if you're going to do that, go after somebody who's proven. Do you know, the thing is, pe- people who are worth that money rarely hit the open market. Mm-hmm. If he's hitting the open market, it's because you got to bear in mind the Eagles are playing right now with Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz hasn't played that well this season at all. But he's the guy they picked over Nick Foles. They could have kept Foles and got rid of Wentz. They chose not to go that route. They wanted to go with Wentz. Fine, he's a younger guy. I get that. But you have to ask yourself, why is this guy available? And we've got to pay him this amount of money. We've seen it before. A few good games somewhere because his time in Philadelphia was short bursts of good games, not sustained success. And we've seen that happen with many quarterbacks and they get paid big money and it really works out. See Brock Osweiler. (laughs) Yep, I can I can attest to that. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But when he played in Denver, he looked good. He looked like the sort of guy you could warrant paying good money to, and he would be a good starting quarterback. He wasn't. Just wasn't. No. <laughs> like, certainly wasn't. You know, and then I say there's there's examples over the years. Um, Kevin Cobb is one that always springs to mind. You know, they paid a fortune to get him out of Philadelphia when he was the backup because the backup is always the, the favorite player on the team. So I, I think the Jaguars have fallen into that trap. Like you say, they paid Saviour money to, to bring him in. And he's not really that guy. He never really has been that guy. No, it just just shows you, doesn't it, what, what how finite the difference is in the NFL teams and, and what can be shown by one team, by one player, compared to the same player on another team and what you think you're getting, how much of the rest of the team affects people's performance. Yeah. Uh, You see it every year with free agency. You know, plenty of people go for big money. The market is inflated. But very few of those players ever live up to the contracts they're paid, whether they're mid-level guys or top price free agents. Very few actually really deliver on that the way they did at the team they were where to start with the players happy where they're living you, you, they're moving they're coming for the money but it doesn't mean they're going to be happy their whole situation changes you know and I think it's just such a risk but every every year teams fall into it teams have got bags of money and they go right we're going to go and we're going to go and fill our boots here yeah 100% I think uh, free agency again it's always interesting because people splash money here there and everywhere so oh, man it must be difficult as a GM mustn't it just just You've got that money and you want the saving and yeah, Nick Foles ain't the man. But how did you see the Seahawks Vikings game last night? 
No, I did not. Saw the, so, saw the result, but I didn't see the game. Yeah. So the main thing coming out of that for me was Dalvin Cook's injury. It's probably because I own him in my home dynasty league. And I, <laughs> I, I fought with Murph all year about this guy being injury prone and he hasn't been injured. And then we're walking <laughs> into the fantasy playoffs and Dalvin Cook is injured. Thankfully, it looks like it's a clavicle injury that isn't too bad. Um, they take on the Detroit Lions this week in a week 14 matchup. And I think... I think what we see here is Dalvin Cook rested for the week. Alexander Madison steps in. He's shown he's got game. Vikings want to run the football. And it was it just so happened they came up against the team that wanted to run the football even more on Monday night. Did you see that? Did you see the fact the Seahawks ran the ball twice as many times as throwing it? Did they? Yeah. That's, inc- that's incredible. That is a stupidly high amount. Stupidly high amount. But um, yeah, so if you do have Dalvin Cook... I really hope you've got Alexander Matson in your league's Rush Nation because he's gonna if you do have a week fourteen matchup and you're gonna get to the playoffs, you need him to fill that void unless you're stacked at RB. But let's be honest, nobody's stacked at RB in fantasy because there just isn't enough of them. Yeah, There's I not enough. Attest to that. Rightly, let's talk kickers. So the Cowboys want to stay with Brett Mayer after working out three other guys. Mayer's in his second season in Dallas. He struggled with accuracy. 30-year-old missed two field goals in Thursday's Thanksgiving loss to the Buffalo Bills and has three botches in his last two games. Nick Rose, Tristan Viscayano and Austin McGannis. Uh, he plays for the Dallas Renegades in the XFL with three kickers involved in Sunday's workout, but none of them are good enough and they're going to give Brett Mayer the continued work. That just smacks of Dallas Cowboys, doesn't it? I mean, the guy's been average, but then as soon as he makes Thanksgiving a nightmare, let's try kickers out. Oh, wait, none of them are good enough. Let's stick with Brett. I mean, it's interesting the names there because they're not really the sort of usual names you hear bandied around when when kickers come in for tryouts. You hear the sort of the players that have been in the league for ten years that they they sort of come out of the woodwork for a tryout when when someone needs a kicker. I wonder if this is just a was just a move to boost his morale. I know we think you're better than these guys. It's fine. Yeah, carry <laughs> on. You're doing just, a grand just go job. Out there. Great. Yeah, look how good you are. <laughs> Talking of uh, kickers, Kai Forbath had one game in New England and then has been released. So <laughs> he obviously wasn't the <laughs> kicking solution there. Hey, kickers matter, pe- kickers matter, people. It's... <laughs> yeah. No one worries about the the kicker on the team until you have one that can't make one. Yeah, that's if you true. if you don't know the kicker's name for a team, that usually means he's doing a good enough job that you don't know his name. <laughs> yes, very true. If you don't know who the kicker is, he's yeah, I like that. Unless they're part of touchdowns in Miami, then it's fine. <laughs> I've just seen the Dolphins are extending defensive back Eric Rowe through the 2022 season is that a good yeah. one? yeah this is this is super interesting because the contract's quite friendly it's a one year deal with basically two option years after that um, I think you're seeing the reason that they were happy to part they weren't happy but the reason they eventually did part ways with Minka Fitzpatrick he wasn't willing to be flexible his problem was he didn't want to play multiple positions and the Dolphins staff wanted him to. And Eric Rowe has come in and done exactly that. He has played at safety. He's played in the slot. He's played at outside corner. And he's played well. The biggest knock on him has been... Uh, sorry, the biggest knock on him coming to the Dolphins in the first place was he's had a history of injury problems. Um, but he's been generally healthy this year. I think... He, He's proved he can stay healthy. He's doing everything the team asks him to do, and he's doing it to a high level. I mean, he's not going to, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's going to be some sort of pro bowler or something, but he deserves that sort of contract. What is it, um, $17 million or something? Yeah, I don't have the number in front of me. I've just seen the headline. So, I mean, let's say it's, it's a basically a one-year guarantee with two two years team option. I think it's just a good good bit of business in season. Nice. Just one, one less hope that you're desperate to fill come come draft season and free agency. Yeah, because you've got a few places to fill. <laughs> yeah. Also, being an ex-Patriot, he knows the staff, he knows Brian Flores as well. You, you know, it's just a, it's a good fit. Everything is, is good about it, including the play on the field. So, Awesome. Right. Lee, did you, you must have seen the 49ers Ravens. No. No. I, <laughs> what do you mean no? It's like, I know, right? Okay. That, so it, the, That's on my list to watch tonight. But they played at the same time as the Dolphins, and I've got to watch my Dolphins play. Yeah, but there's only eight minutes of highlights. You can... <laughs> I, saw the, I saw the highlights. Okay, fair. Well, it was a good game of football. Uh, I watched it through Red Zone because 
I only have one telly and unfortunately in my household the wife rules the remote so I watch Red Zone on the iPad so thank you very much wife yep I do love you and uh, <laughs> she man this game was good it was back and forward the weather was atrocious brought out the best in both teams defenses and there's a chance that this could be a rematch for Super Bowl I think everyone would be pretty happy if it was a rematch for the Super Bowl yeah I mean if you could get a where is the Super Bowl this year? It's completely escaped my head. It's in Miami. Oh, okay. So what's the weather going to be like then? <laughs> Raining. It's going to the rain. Last, the last two Super Bowls held in Miami, it poured. It absolutely poured. Logic would tell you that it should be great weather. Say so the last two Super Bowls held in Miami were torrential rain. Um, the So what you're saying is that this actually could be a complete rematch of Sunday's game. Yeah, it, uh, it really could. It really could. I mean, you'll see plenty of reports saying, oh, it's in Miami and it's going to be great weather. Just look back at the history of the Super Bowls. There has been a lot of rain. <laughs> I, there's got to be a market, sports book market out there that will take a bet <laughs> on a rainy Super Bowl. And a, a slight aside, if anyone gets a chance to see Prince's performance of Purple Rain in the rain at the Super Bowl in Miami, it's superb. Okay, I'm going to go look that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, the Patriots. What's going on there? I mean, to be fair, Tom Brady after the loss to the Texans came out in a snappy interview and said, we're, two, we're not 2-10, and ten, we're 10-2. and two. And the guy's got a good, you know, they've been living off special team and defense and the offense has not been playing well at all. But they are 10-2. and two. They are the Patriots. And they're still there. Let's, you know. Uh, to, to us, come week one of the playoffs, no one's going to care. Exactly. They, they're going to make the playoffs because they're 10-2. and two. You know, they're not going to lose enough games now for the Bills to catch them. And even if they did, they'd still be in as a wild card. Not that that's ever going to happen, but looking at the worst case scenario, like so they're going to make the playoffs. Have they they might have even clinched the playoff spot. I I have not. No, seen... no, they haven't yet actually. But you know they're going to make it, and by the time the first round of playoffs come, no one cares what your record is. It's it exactly like matter. Nailed the hammer. Like your regular season record does not matter once you make the playoffs. It's exactly the same in fantasy football. If you can get to the playoffs in fantasy football, everything changes. I've seen the best teams get absolutely shellacked by teams that have scraped into the playoffs in week 15. And then even in week 16, you get an underdog going to the final and get absolutely just lights out football because it's every, any given Sunday and you're not playing for a place in the league. You're playing. I just don't know what it is about fantasy player football, but I absolutely love it. So if you can get to the dance, get to the dance. We're going to be talking more of playoff football with this week's guest. So I won't ruin that. but. If you have made the playoffs, congratulations. If you have made the playoffs and you're listening to this, which, you know, I've just said congratulations. So congratulations again. But let us know you made the playoffs. Let us know if you didn't, how close you were, how close you weren't. If you had an absolute shocker like one of my leagues where I've gone two and whatever the number is, I've given up. I've still set a lineup, but I just don't even bother checking because I know I'm getting pounded. Yeah, talking of the playoffs, have you seen what Doug Pedersen said about the uh, Eagles, Lee? He said, it's a long shot the Eagles make the playoffs. <laughs> Well, so good news is, I mean, the, the only thing we can accuse him of there is stating the obvious. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So twice the Eagles owned a double-digit lead over your beloved Miami Dolphins, Lee, and yet Doug Pedersen's team lost a winnable road game, 37-31. Pedersen did not sound optimistic after watching his team's latest performance, calling it a long shot. He said, I mean, that's the thing. As crazy as this is, I would say it's a long shot. But we're not out of it. I mean... Th- they had every chance to win the game. So there's, there's no real excuses. It, it wasn't like it was a one-score game and it was a, a lucky play at the end. They had chances to win the game. Like you say, they're up, up by double digits twice. I mean, the Dolphins started the game by throwing an interception deep in their, own, <laughs> in their half of the field. They just got beat. Yep. Excuse my bias, but they just got beat on the day by a better team, a team that played better. Might not be a better team in general, but on the day, they got beat by a better team. Absolutely. Talking of a uh, another team that has head coach trouble, I mean, Pedersen isn't, but we've mentioned some that are on the hot seat, and that's Pat Shermer at the New York Giants. He is well aware of the pressure to win. Now, this statement made me think massively, right? So the Giants were officially eliminated from playoff contention with their eight straight loss, falling 31-13 at home to the Packers. Man, it was snowing. When I, when I flicked the telly on, right, I thought it was at Lambeau. I genuinely thought the game was at Lambeau. And then I saw the, the Giants' end zone and I thought, oh, this is in New York. And then I thought, ah, my in-laws are in New York. I bet they didn't pack for snow. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
to be honest, if you were a Giants fan, you must have to rue your luck a little bit because you could have been playing any team in the league this weekend. The only team that might want to see the snow is Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's only a handful of teams that are going to come come play you in the snow and not really be bothered by it. Buffalo, e- even Denver when it gets cold in Denver, you know. But no, you've got the Green Bay Packers. Second nature to them and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they turned up and they... Funnily enough, they didn't run the ball anywhere near as much as I thought they were going to do the Packers. I thought they were just going to own the ball on defense, which they did. We'll get to that in a second. But they didn't run it nearly as much as I thought they would. Aaron Aaron Rodgers had a good day and, and aired the ball out. Devontae Adams had another good day, which was nice to see after his injury, finally racking up the touchdowns. But then, get this right, so sitting at 2-10, and 10, Coach Pat Sherman knows the pressure is on now to show any sort of pulse down the stretch. I don't understand that. But then he says, I'm well aware of it, Sherman said. People will change what they think of us and me when we win games. Why are you now going to win games? What's the point in winning games now to ruin your draft pick? Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're out of playoff contention, then you tank. Now we're, now we're out of playoff contention. Now's the time to start winning, boys. Yeah, yeah. Now we've got nothing to win. Unbelievable. For now, we try and win. I mean, absolute joke. Hey, it'd be, be interesting because there'll still be playing teams that want to win games. So uh-huh. they're still going to have to try and pull something together. I, I, I'd be on the same boat as you. Once you've been eliminated now. Yeah. I mean, you know, what at least you you've, got an excuse, you've got an excuse for losing now. It now makes sense. Yeah. There's nothing to be gained with wins now. But, I mean, play some of the young guys, bring up some guys from your practice squad, sit some of the guys who've got, who are carrying knocks. Do you know what I mean? Shut down Barkley, like players like that. Eli. Bring back Eli. Do you know what I mean? Just... Work on the team for next year. Then at least when you have to see the owner at the end of the year and the GM, you can sit in that meeting and say, I was preparing for this year. Once we were eliminated, we are preparing for next year. Yeah. The only, I mean, I understand that the risk there is he might not be the coach there next year, but hey, winning games isn't going to help him next year either. So, No. Uh, do you know who isn't going to help him win games next year? Daniel Jones, because he looks massively out of his depth. The, the guy, I don't understand what he's doing with the football. He's making throws that A, he shouldn't be making because they're into either double coverage or he's throwing to the wrong side of his offensive player. And secondly, he's overthrowing the ball so far in the middle of the field that the safeties are picking the ball off, not the cornerbacks who are marking his wide receiver. I mean... I mean they, they were very quick to jump on everybody and say, see, we did make a great decision when everybody laughed at them for moving up and drafting him. But I'm not feeling it at the moment. I'm just not <laughs> feeling Daniel Jones. It's not really playing out that way, is it? Um, I mean, he did have some good games early in the season, but again, it comes down to coaching. You're not getting that sort of performance out, whether they've tried to put more on his plate or I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I mean, come on. It's a a coaching thing. Yeah, it is. And how many games do you need to see that you've put too much on Daniel Jones's plate before reeling him back in and playing a revised playbook that he can actually play to? Yeah, or like you say, even putting Eli Manning in because it's not going to be any worse. No, and you're not going to be doing the guy any favours whatsoever by absolutely shredding him week in, week out yeah. for the sake of playing him. Couldn't agree more. It, it, it does nothing for his for his morale. It, 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 he's not learning. <laughs> he's clearly not not fixing the mistakes, so he's not actually learning anything from this experience. No. He's just doing himself more harm than good. And also, you're going to be stuck with him playing next year. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send him to the guy who Lamar Jackson went to because, god damn, that guy is good. Yeah. I mean, I suppose the only thing is is if they decide to pull an Arizona and take quarterbacks two years in a row. That's just draft suicide. But they're in a position where they could do it if they wanted to. Yeah, no. I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not advocating it. I agree with you. It's, it's suicide, but uh, they could do it. <laughs> so talking of that, Josh Rosen, obviously, playing in uh, the Emerald. Is it green? Emerald green? That's not green. It's the wrong green. Aqua. Aqua. Apologies. Don't. don't (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're playing in the Aqua. Are we going to see it? Do you think he's going to be your QB next year? No. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think, to be honest, at this stage, you will see Ryan Fitzpatrick plus a draftee, whoever that may be. I still think that they're going to want Tua regardless mm. of the injury. And I think the injury only help, kind of, in a way, helps them. He may fall that far. That far. I mean, we're picking I, like 
Yeah, yeah. Sonny, I but... mean, I've seen, I've seen several reports where he falls far enough that the Patriots grab him. Yeah, see, I mean, I, I think it's the, the Dolphins could look at this as, well, we're happy enough with the way Fitzpatrick's played. He's done everything they, they've asked of him. That's fine. We're happy to go into the season and let Tua take as long as it takes to recover. So in that regard, we're willing to use that pick. And because they have three picks in the first round, they still get two first-round draft picks that will start this year. So almost use it as a compensatory pick and just uh, as a yeah. by the by. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's it's difficult to do that with a pick that's that high high in the draft or potentially that high. But if you took him at four or five or six, fine. Because late, later in the round, you're going to take two more players that will start. And at the same time, you've got a Ryan Fitzpatrick to A, be a mentor and B, lead the team until he plays. I think a lot a lot depends, obviously, on, on the recovery of that injury. I mean, the surgery went well and stuff like that. But it, there's a long road before the draft. But I see that as definitely a, a situation they could, they could go into next season with. The reports in Miami have been the coaching staff are just not – Josh Rosen has not picked up what they've wanted him to pick up. He's not learning on the trajectory. I don't think they want him to come in and be Aaron Rodgers. I think they want him to come in and show that he's not making the same mistakes he was making before and to be picking up the system in a certain... I say, I think there's a trajectory they have and he's just not meeting it. And I think they're happy, you know, they go up a second round pick. I think they're willing to just probably maybe keep him. But if if they don't decide to go quarterback in the first round, but if not, I think they're willing to move on from him anyway. Yeah. yeah. They, don't owe, they, don't, they don't owe any money or anything, you know, not significant money, so... Yeah, poor chap. I mean, it's not been an easy ride for him, has it? No, I feel a bit for him, but at the same time, he also had an opportunity to start in Miami. He only got taken out of the starting lineup because he wasn't performing. Uh, and he also had the opportunity to be the Arizona Cardinals quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do enough to to convince them that he was worthy of a second year, which is saying a lot because not many teams are going to take quarterbacks in the top 10. Obviously, I think he was 10th overall, wasn't he? And then yeah. Kyler Murray, first overall. That doesn't happen. So he did enough to show them that he wasn't the guy. And I think he's done the same in Miami. And we all know it's a bit cutthroat because he seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, people speak highly of him as a, as a person and as a, as a teammate. He, he didn't get the job done. There's almost... It, he was the, I don't know, fifth. There was five good quarterbacks in that class, wasn't there? Something like that. And he was the last one taken. And his statement when he came out being taken 10th overall is that there was nine teams that were going to... Rue not picking him almost and it actually turns out that maybe those nine teams were pretty smart <laughs> probably right yeah <laughs> but you know um I'm sure he'll get another opportunity to go somewhere and be a backup and, and work his way on to you know maybe someone goes down and he gets his opportunity that way and everyone says hey look the Dolphins and the Cardinals are wrong maybe I'm wrong maybe the Dolphins really do like him but say <laughs> all the reports I've heard say you know that they knew early on that it was a mistake that they picked up a guy and that he wasn't going to be the guy going forwards. They knew it early. I think this coaching staff have got strong convictions. It doesn't take them long to make their mind up either way and they're going to go with it. Sometimes they're going to be right. Sometimes they're going to be wrong. But I think they knew, uh, the reports are they knew early on that this was a mistake. And I think they're in the, they're in the lucky position where I say he's, I think he's owed like $6 million over the next three years because Arizona paid all the, all the guaranteed money on that contract basically. So, they could cut him if they want. They could trade him if they want. They could keep him as a backup if they decided to. They Fitz was going to leave. You could keep him as a cheap backup. I mean, they got. Sorry, they put themselves in a position where they've got options. Right. Okay. And yeah. I think yeah. that's that's the most important thing. They've got draft picks. They're not tied to either quarterback. They can move on from either because we also, I'm sure everyone's seen the the memes of um, the cycle of Ryan Fitzpatrick goes to a team, plays well, gets paid doesn't play well, gets cut, goes... Like, you know, it's the same cycle. That could honestly happen again next year. Yeah. They're in a position where they could literally go any way with this. I mean, they could even go after a a Cam Newton if they were to move a Cam Newton on. Do you know what I mean? Or Yeah, no, that's true. That would would be exciting. That would be... Yeah, I mean, let's say they've got options. They've put themselves in a position where they could go a thousand different ways and a lot of them would work out well. There's very few wrong options at the moment. Right, Squire, let's finish with some positive news. And that's the fact John Ross has been activated off the injured reserve for the Cincinnati Bengals. Why are you laughing? He was good at the start of the season. He might be like a little waiver wire grab that might win you 
I don't even know if the Bengals matchups are any good or anything like that. But, you know, he, he had a few good games at the start of the season. So maybe Murph will be talking about him in the Look Forward pod at the end of the week. Oh, that was a lot of news, man. It was. Um, you're definitely right. The Bengals play the Browns twice and the Dolphins. So that's, oh, well. three, of the, that's three of the last four games. So he's going to have chances. So what, Dolphins week 17? No, week 16, I believe. Well, how about that for a sneaky little week 16 waiver wire pickup? John Ross against the Dolphins could win you your championship if you're in a real deep league <laughs> and, and really need waiver wire help. Uh, Rush Nation, that's pretty much going to do us, man. Lee, have you got any parting words? No, let's just have another good week of football. I like, it when, I like it when some of the, the uh, lesser fantasy teams win at the weekend. It makes things interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you do have yourself a week 14 buy, Rush Nation, I, I absolutely hate week 14 buys. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just not, we don't have enough time in the day for me to get into how much I hate week 14 <laughs> buys. But if you do have a buy, congratulations. And uh, good luck in the playoffs if you ask just on the edge of playoff contention and you need a week 14 win go out there and get it rush nation listen to waiver wire podcast listen to murph's look forward podcast coming later in the week hold tight for the guest pod because it's going to be absolute fire cannot wait for this returnee lee thanks so much for jumping on man appreciate your time no problem enjoyed being on with you good stuff right rush nation we will catch lee down the road murph thanks for listening appreciate it rush nation we appreciate all of your love and if you could leave us a five-star review, we would absolutely love it. Hit us up on Twitter with any sit starts or waiver questions. But until the next show, Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 